and there's a potential that the power running through those extension cords on the floor that were submerged in the water that the crew was standing in could have electrocuted all of us. Today on the podcast, I have Kyle Jacobson, who is a production sound mixer that has worked on hundreds of projects over the last 10 years. And Kyle's story today is centered around an indie horror feature he worked on earlier in his career. It's a story that involves an abandoned warehouse, a flash flood, and almost being electrocuted. So with that, I'll let Kyle take it from here. My name is Kyle Jacobson, and this is my worst day ever. As I said, my name is Kyle. I'm a production sound mixer based in Los Angeles, California. And I've been a sound mixer for about a decade now. And this is the story of how I almost died on set. Now, this was early on in my career. I was fresh out of film school, maybe having one or two years under my belt, just as someone that was initially working with a Zoom H4N and a boom pole. Forgive me, guys. I had to start somewhere. And I got my start working on these low-budget horror films. And we were going all over the country, usually with the same exact crew members and some cast members that were on multiple of these movies. And it was a lot of learning experience um, that was gained, you know, just figuring out... um, good techniques for boom operating, for lav mic placement, so on, so on. And this was the last movie that I would ever work on for them. Now, we were in this small town in Missouri, and everyone there is friendly. They hear that there's a movie going on, and they're all about helping us out, doing us favors, bringing in a tractor to move some stuff. They just wanted to be a part of this really cool thing that they don't get to see very often out there. So day one, we show up to this old abandoned factory that the city said was safe to be in. And I'm looking around out of this and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. There's rust everywhere. There's some screws and nails scattered about. The loading docks where the trucks would go to get the stuff that was manufactured onto the trucks, it's now part underwater and there's frogs with lily pads and fireflies and stuff. It's quite a sight. And there's broken windows and there's a massive hole in the ceiling of the main floor of this factory. We're told. Hey, uh, we've put some cones around the area where the opening in the roof is. Don't go over there. And obviously we're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Don't cross the cones. Safety first. Now, the part about low-budget filmmaking that is not so glamorous is you gotta wear multiple hats. And when we got there after a 36-hour car ride in a crew van towing a trailer with all of the gear, they say, Okay, uh, we could use some help moving these pallets. And we were constructing this big maze of pallets in this warehouse facility and this abandoned factory that the city said was safe to film in. Uh, The movie takes place in 
this factory at night the entire time and a lot of like moving maze parts happen so you don't have enough pallets to build the maze so it's a constant thing of having to relocate them to make it look like a different part in this whole uh factory maze game thing that they got going on and uh, i'm a sound mixer and i'm uh, working on moving some pallets with the rest of the crew I see the DP is sitting over to the side like, oh, this guy's not helping out. But then later on, I realize, oh, right, this isn't his job description. He's actually doing the right thing here. Okay, I'm going to stop too. I'm not art department. And that just kind of sets a tone for what this movie is going to be like. We get to our living quarters, and it turns out to be a office building that they converted into a dormitory. I have two roommates with me, but again, the whole crew is friendly and I love them as my uh, brothers in the trenches for this one. And time goes on. We're filming this movie that takes place all at nighttime. So we're completely nocturnal. There's stuff on set where we got to film until daybreak and then sleep a little more. And then, oh wait, no, there's a daylight scene that we gotta get here, so wake up, shoot this little thing, go back to sleep. Not ideal conditions. There was a makeup department that worked with prosthetics on the actors, and after the first couple of days, they quit and they actually flew home. And that, at the time, I thought, oh, these guys are just like you know, ridiculous, they're prima donnas and stuff like that, but I realized later on in my career, oh, they, we're actually dodging a bullet here. As things are going along, there's some drinking on set one of the days. It wasn't that cool. Even at the time, I didn't have a beer, but I noticed the producers and the director drinking. Not much, but still, any alcohol on set to me is a big no-no. Uh, a big pet peeve of mine is when they give uh, background beer on these indie shoots just to get more lively and stuff like that. Dealing with drunk people on set, whether they're working professionals or background or what have you, it's just so annoying to me. And one day, or I should say one night, there was this rainstorm that wasn't in the forecast. We were filming in a part of the factory that's a big open room, and there's a sizable hole in the ceiling there. and we are filming and I'm at my cart and I start to notice oh hmm there's some water kind of forming around my shoes here and then uh the ADs are like hey uh we got to call this thing we got to move the equipment into a safer part of the, the factory load it up into the trucks if we can and we're going to call the night and I'm like okay yeah sure I'll, t I'll take a half day yeah we're starting to pack things up and I notice uh, off in the distance, I hear some yelling. I don't think much about it, but I see, like, through the windows that they have the lights shining into, I, I see some shadows run by. And I'm thinking, okay, they're probably just trying to make the lights safe so that they don't get damaged by the rain. Makes sense. And they're doing that, and then all the power shuts down. And then we're all on flashlights. We call the night. You know, it was like a little concerning because I didn't want my gear to get damaged and, you know, standing in water, not great. So we finished the movie. It was a big triumphant thing 
for the, the crew and I. We made it through this whole shit show. Again, everyone was friendly and they're my trench brothers, but I never want to do anything like that again. Years pass, about five years or so. I'm more established in my career. I'm working on more professional stuff and I am working for the gaffer from that horror feature film who is now producing a new comedy series and I'm talking with him and he brings up our past jobs together. I ask him, hey, have you worked for so-and-so? And he's like, dude, I haven't returned any of their phone calls. I say, yeah, neither have I. Uh, that was a whole shit show. He turns to me and says, hey, do you remember the night that we almost died? And I go, what? What, uh, when? What project? Uh, he says, well, do you remember that job in Missouri when we were in the factory and it was raining? I say, yeah, uh, that was, that was not great. Yeah, sure. And then he says, well, do you remember when all the swings and I were yelling off in the distance? I go, yeah. Well, we had to shut down the generator and we were running to the other side of the factory because the generator was all the way over there so that your mics wouldn't pick it up. And there's a potential that the power running through those extension cords on the floor that were submerged in the water that the crew was standing in could have electrocuted all of us. And I'm, I'm just listening to this with my jaw dropped. Like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I haven't gone back to work with these people. <laughs> but that was an early part in our careers and I don't blame myself for getting into that situation. However, I do try to tell people about this story so that they can learn some of the red flags about productions that don't take safety as their top priority. And after hearing about stories like Sarah Jones and whatnot, and then having something scary happen to you, you start to really take set safety seriously. And I just want everyone to not repeat the same mistakes that I made and that other productions have made and always put safety first while you're working on set. My name is Kyle Jacobson and that was my worst day ever. And that wraps up this episode. Thank you, Kyle, for coming on and sharing your worst day ever. And if you have a worst day ever story and are interested in coming on the podcast and sharing it, head on over to worstdayever.com to learn more. And to make things easier, I've included the links in the show notes. Until next time, that's a wrap. <laughs>